أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well inshallah and welcome to another episode of our tafsir of Dua Kamil podcast so we ended in the previous podcast uh, right about here where Imam Ali was saying لا أجد ما فر مما كان مني I can't find any sort of rescue uh, or any sort of escape from the things that I've done. And we explained this phrase and we basically said that it can be understood in two different ways. The first is that, of course, the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everywhere. It's all-encompassing. And so it doesn't really make sense um, for someone to do something and then assume that, you know, they can get away with it, so to speak, or they can escape from what they have done. That's why we have that famous saying from Al-Luqman, um, I believe he was speaking to his son and he told his son that if you want to sin and you want to disobey God, that's fine. But you only have the right to do that where, where God, in a place where God is not there. Right. And of course, that's that's no place. So this is one understanding of the verse of the Quran. And I'm going to explain that just a little bit more before we move on with the rest of the of the lines. And the second uh, way of looking at this, the second perspective on this was that essentially everything that we do, and this has philosophical backing and it has uh, ideological and theological backing from the Islamic perspective, that uh, essentially everything that we do, it, it naturally becomes part of who we are. And because it becomes who we are, and naturally you and I cannot run away from who we are, um, that's why the part, this part of the dua is saying that we cannot run away from the things that we have done. Okay, and I explained this a little bit more in detail in the, in the previous uh, episode, so I'm not going to go into it too much. But I want to continue with the first perspective that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's authority is everywhere. And in the verses of the Quran, we find this because during the time of the Prophet, the Prophet was also dealing with the situation where when he asked people to go to the battlefield, and of course, this is easier said than done, that when he asked people to go to the battlefield, um, some of them would go, right, and some would stay back. And the ones who would stay back, uh, when the people who had gone to the battlefield would come back, uh, the people who had stayed back would tell them, they would say that if you had stayed with us, um, you wouldn't have died, or our brothers wouldn't have died now that they've gone to the battlefield. And these guys were munafiqeen, and they would say this in order to, because when, when the people who were coming back from the battlefield, they were already vulnerable. They had already lost friends. They had already lost their brothers and their relatives. Um, and this was their way of breaking down their faith even more. It's very beautiful that the Quran responds to this and it goes hand in hand with this concept that we're talking about here that the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-encompassing. doesn't matter where you are, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there and He is going to make the things that He wants to happen, He's going to make them happen wherever it is um, that you are, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in response to these people, this is verse 154 of Surah Al-Imran, They used to say that, you know, if you guys hadn't gone, we wouldn't have been killed like this, right? And we wouldn't have lost our brothers. And again, these guys were munafiqeen, they were hypocrites, but they would speak from this perspective in order to, you know, get into, get the more vulnerable within the Muslim society, right? And then the Qur'an says, قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ The Qur'an responds and says, listen, God is everywhere. He will do His thing anywhere that, that, that He wants it to happen. قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ You go and tell them that if you guys were in your houses, 
If you guys were in your houses and you were supposed to die on that night, then death would make its way into your house and into your bed. Right? This is literally the wording that the Quran is using here. That if it was if it was supposed to be that you were gonna die, right, then your death would have come even if you were at home in your bed and sort of sort of speak you were tucked away safe and sound death would have come over because the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all encompassing so this is what la ajidu mafarran min makana minni means and we have multiple verses of the quran that also speak of this kullu nafsin bima kasabat rahina every soul is held and is stuck with the things that it has done so it's a concept that we find left and right in the verses of the Quran and in the Ahadith. I'm going to continue with the dua. There's no way I can there's there's no way I can run away and escape from the things that I've done, and there is no place of escape that I can run away towards with my affairs. Like the only place I can go to is you. Except the only situation that I can think of, the only place I can think of is that you would accept. My excuse, my apology. And that you would take me and that you would encompass me with your mercy. That's the only, you know, only way out I have at this point. Allahumma faqbal udri. Oh Allah, so you now accept my apology. Now that I've explained how vulnerable I am, now that I've explained how this is the only place I know to come to, right? This is the only door I know that I'm supposed to knock on, right? Is your door. Allahumma faqbal udri. Now that you know how vulnerable I am, how stuck I am, so because of that, if you could accept my apology. Warham And have mercy upon me because of the severity of what I'm going through, the severity of my affliction. Okay, so I want to explain this line a little bit more. It's a very beautiful line uh, in the dua. Warham essentially means this, that sometimes I'll, I'll give you an example just to, you know, just so we can connect with the meaning of this line and then I'll explain it a little bit more. So sometimes when someone has wronged you, maybe they stole some money from you or uh, maybe they disrespected you, for example, right? Or maybe they hurt you from a emotional perspective, maybe even from a physical perspective, God forbid. Um, sometimes this person that you see who, who wronged you, at that time you're not able to get justice, right? At that time he may not even apologize to you. He might do his thing and walk away, right? Maybe you run into him a year later, two years later, right? Ten years down the road, and you see that his lifestyle has caused so many problems for him that he is so stuck with all the problems that he has, right? Now imagine if someone stole money from you and then two years down the road, three years down the road, you saw them somewhere begging for money, for example, right? Now, you, the, what, this, what the, this line of the dua is saying is, Ya Allah, look at how, how many problems I have. Forgive me because of how many problems I have. Even though I wronged you, forgive me for how many problems I have. Imagine when you walk by that same person who stole money from you, but now he's begging for money you are much more likely to forgive that person at that point. Why? Because the severity of what he's going through, right? It's not that what he did was not wrong. No, it was wrong, right? And it's not that, you know, it, it didn't matter for you. No, it did matter for you, right? And it did hurt you, right? But now that you see him in such a horrible situation, 
right? Now it's much easier for you to forgive him. If you guys, if your eyes meet and lock, right? And he remembers what he has done to you, he might turn to you and say, you know what? I was wrong, but you know, forgive me. You see the type of situation that I'm in, right? Like forget about the hundred dollars I stole. I, I can't even, I don't even have food right now. And you are much more likely to forgive a person like that. This is what Imam Ali is saying. Warham means have mercy on me because of the severity of what, you know, the situation that I'm in. Right now, what is the situation that he's in? He's going to explain it a little bit more. And Allah, release me from the tightness of my fetters, these chains that I have around me. You see the type of situation that I'm in. It's not like I wronged you and I walked away and now I'm doing so well, right? No, I'm in an extremely vulnerable position. In fact, my life is, is horrible in the sense that these chains are holding me down. These chains, of course, of these habits that we have. So this is a way of Imam Ali speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to essentially, uh, you know, invoke the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَفُكَّنِ مِنْ شَدِّ وَثَاقِ يَا رَبِّ إِرْحَمْ دَعْفَ بَدَنِي Oh Allah, have mercy upon me because of the weakness of my body or have mercy upon the weakness of my body. وَرِقَّةَ جِلْدِي And the thinness of my skin. وَدِقَّةَ عَذْمِي Right? And how frail and fragile my bones are. So again, he's bringing to attention the fact that it's not like he wronged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now life is going on perfectly and he's untouchable. No, he's in a very vulnerable position and if God wanted to punish him, neither his body would be able to take that punishment nor his skin. It's very beautiful. He says, the thinness of my skin, the thinness of the skin, and this is what we also find in the in the verses of the Quran really, that... Uh, you know, our skin is actually, when it comes to heat, right, it reacts very quickly, right? And it is extremely sensitive. That's why in the verses of the Quran, it says that when they put these, some individuals, right, whoever they are, into the hellfire, that their skin turns black, right? And that some of them grow skin, and then after growing skin, uh, or forgive me, their skin is burnt, and then they grow skin again to be punished again. Right? It's like they're neither will they die nor are they alive. They're somewhere in between, essentially, right? It's the sense, this is how sensitive the skin of the human being is. What and how fragile our bones are, right? The moment you touch it with something, right? In the from a certain angle, all of a sudden you will have a fraction and in or a fracture, and you'll have you'll have a broken bone at times. So he's invoking the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this line by how weak we are. And this is essentially something that we have to remember, brothers and sisters, because the weakness of the body of the human being is there for a reason. And I'll explain some of the verses of the Quran that touch on this a little bit. The, the weakness that we have in our body is something that we are supposed to remember and remind ourselves of because it is something that shows us in a very tangible and clear manner how weak we are, how insignificant we are, right? We as human beings, we're this weak, especially when we're born, right? If you look at animals and if you look at other creatures, you'll find that when they're born, they at least have certain skills, right? As a human being, we essentially have almost no skills at all, right? Um, 
But this is something that we need to remind ourselves of. And the Quran reminds us of this as well, especially when it comes to people who want to argue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So verses uh, four, this is verse number four from Surah An-Nahl. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when it comes to people who are arguing with him, now this arguing can happen in different ways. It can happen in the sense of someone who hears a, a teaching, a ruling, a halal or haram, right? And they want to argue with that. Or arguing in the sense of they hear of the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but out of arrogance, they don't want to accept it. It can be in both ways, right? But essentially he says this. He says this human being that is now so supposedly eloquently arguing with us, right? This human being is the same human being we created just a little while ago, min nutfatin, from a drop of fluid, right? And in other verses of the Quran it says, awalam yara insan Doesn't the human being see and remember? That we created him just a little while ago from a drop of fluid, فَإِذَا And then all of a sudden, right, now that he's a little bit older, he is خَسِيمُ mubin. Now he's sitting there, he's arguing with us. He's acting like he knows everything as if we don't know anything, right? So this is another reminder of the Qur'an of how even from a physical perspective, we are extremely weak. And then in Surah Al-Insan, we read, this is verse number one, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينُ مِنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْئًا did there ever come a time for the human being that he was like his existence was so insignificant, right? And you can see this from a physical perspective that Lam Madhkura, he was not even worthy of mention, right? When we are created just a couple years ago, I always give this example sometimes when we're talking to in some of our uh, our sessions, right? I say, like, for example, if I'm 20, I'm 25, I'm 30, let's just go with a high number. 40, 50, not to make the 40 and 50 year olds feel, feel old or anything like that. Let's just say 60, for example, right? And if I'm 60, um, I would assume, and when we speak to one another, we say, well, I have 60 years of experience, right? But the reality is not that at all. And if you actually break it down, you'll see how little we know about life and how little we've lived of our life. And now all of a sudden, as the verse says, we are arguing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Out of these 60 years, Half of it, or I would say the first 15 years, you don't really even know so much about life, right? Your understanding of life is extremely limited. Okay, so we're going to cut out that 15 years. And then you have, what, 45 years left. Out of these other 45 years, if you cut out the time that you were asleep, <laughs> right? And essentially, you weren't learning anything. You weren't experiencing anything. There goes another, you know, 22 years, right? And then these 22 years that's left, if you cut out the eating Right? Forgive me, using the bathroom. Uh, I don't know, all the other mundane activities that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. If you all boil it down, it might all come to maybe like five years, ten years you've actually lived in your life. And now all of a sudden, me and you, all of us, we argue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order to remind us of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala points to, and as the Imam is doing as well in his dua, they point to how fragile we are from a physical perspective. So he was saying, Ya Rabbi Rahm have mercy on the, the weakness of my body and have mercy on the thinness of my skin and how fragile my bones are. Okay, continuing with the dua. Yaman bada'a khalqi wa dhikri wa tarbiyati wa birri wa taghdiyati. 
Ya Allah, you are the one who started bada'a. Okay, there's a point here. It's a very beautiful point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that in just a second. You're the one who started my creation, wa dhikri, and you are the one who remembered me first, wa tarbiyati, and the act of nurturing me, wa birri, and doing good to me, wa taghdiyati, and nourishing me. Okay, you're the one who started all of this. Now, what's the point here? The point is this. He said, Yaman Bada'a, you're the one who started all of this. Now I ask you, and we can think about this, all of us. When the Dawah says you're the one who started this, and and what he means by starting is you're the one who, who started my creation, that means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy was there even before he created you, technically speaking, right? Because if you're not there and he has the mercy to create you, that means he's thinking about you before you're even you're, you're, you even even uh, you know exist at that point. And you think about that. So essentially, before you even become a human being and and start speaking to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and hopefully become a good servant, right, and ask Him for His mercy, He has started out from the very beginning by giving you His mercy through what? Through creating you. So He was thinking about you before you even existed. وَذِكْرِ This is exactly what this is saying. He was remembering you before anything even started in your life. وَتَرْبِيَةِ And you nurtured me and you did good to me. وَتَغْذِيَةِ And you nourished me. All of this before I even asked for anything. Now, in the dua of Arafah, the uh, third imam, the famous dua Arafah of the third imam, he goes into these uh, this same concept, but he goes into more detail. And I want to delve into this a little bit more. And this part of Dua Arafah is extremely beautiful and thought-provoking. So he says, and of course Dua Arafah is a long uh, dua as many of you know. He says, You started my creation, right? Even though I was nothing before it. You started my creation from a drop of fluid. And you put me uh, through three types of darkness, three layers of darkness, right? You had a place for me throughout these three levels or layers of darkness. I was between flesh and skin and blood. Somewhere in the midst of that, you had a place for me, right? In other words, he's saying when you're dealing with darkness, right? Usually things get lost. But the, this line of the du'a is saying, no, you had a position for me. Somewhere in between all of that, you were thinking of me and you had me in, my, in, in your mind, essentially. Okay. You did not show me how you created me. Like, we don't even remember what that's like, right? We don't even know. We can't even think of what's, what that's like. We always deal with people after they're created, right? Including ourselves. لَمْ تُشْهِدْنِ خَلْقِي وَلَمْ تَجْعَلْ إِلَيَّ شَيْئًا مِّنْ أَمْرِي ثُمَّ أَخْرَجْتَنِي says, you, you didn't leave any of this creation to me, right? It's not like I had a say in any of this. You took care of all of it. ثُمَّ أَخْرَجْتَنِي إِلَى الدُّنْيَا تَمَّنْ سَوِيَّ All I knew was that all of a sudden I'm here in this world. You've brought me out into this world. تَمَّنْ سَوِيَّ Fully functioning. Right? With all the right pieces and all the right, you know, faculties to be able to live my life. And you protected me 
while I was in the cradle, while I was this little child, this little infant. And you even thought of my food, right? And you provided this, this milk for me that I could feed from. This line is very beautiful. And he says, not only did you do that, you even took the hearts of the people who were around me, right? And the people, you know, the women who are in charge of birth and helping, helping someone give birth, right? You took them and you made their hearts kind towards me. Think about that for a second. These, are, these lines are really, you know, uh, very interesting lines of the Torah. He's saying, you're the one who took the people around me, right? And you made them feel kind and gracious towards me. And you see this when, when someone has a child, right? The way they react to their child, the way when they hear the voice of their child, when they hear the cry of their child, right? And for those of you who, who have children, you already know this. And if you don't, inshallah, in the future, when uh, inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, blesses you with a child, uh, you'll see this, that your whole, your, your whole mind, right? Your whole psychology changes fundamentally. Right? And you put the burden of taking care of me on the on the kind mothers, right? On my mother who was kind. Who made it a responsibility for a mother to feel this way about their child? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it that way. Right? So this is another blessing. By the way, all of these blessings that we're talking about. These are before you and I have even, you know, learned to do even one salat. This is all before we have even learned to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the first time or ask Him for His mercy. All of this happens before you and I have any idea what's happening in the world. And you protected me from having extras or too little of something. You gave me all of the right faculties, right? the right limbs, the right amount of, of, of my body that I needed. So you are great. The one who has general mercy and specific mercy. Until a point came where I was now able to speak and you opened up my mouth so that I could now talk. I could now communicate. Still, I want to mention this point. This is not the point where you now understand who God is and you understand, you know, uh, all this, all these blessings that he's given to you. You still don't understand any of those things. We don't understand any of those things. And he's still blessing you. And you added to my creation, right? And to my nurturing every single year. It's something that happened continuously. Right? Until I reached the point where I had started to mature, and then you made your hujjah clear to me. Right? In other words, you made it clear to me that I am your servant, right? And that I am supposed to be worshiping you and that I have certain responsibilities. Right? That you taught me your the knowledge of who you are. Right? This is the point where you look around and you realize, oh, like. I live in this world and it must have a creator and all these things. And then you made me mesmerized by the beauties of your wisdom. 
وَأَيْقَذْتَنِي لِمَا ذَرَأْتَ فِي سَمَائِكَ And then you made, you awakened me with the beauties that you have in your sky and on your earth, right? So all of this starts at a point where we don't even know what's going on in life and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is already blessing us. So this is the point that Imam Ali is talking about when he says, You're the one who started all of this. Started it before what? Before you and I could even ask for it. Now in the next line, he's going to take a conclusion from this point that he just made and inshallah that we will continue with in the next episode.